All right, so someone wants to talk about beer. What's going on with beer? Adam, what are you drinking? I'm a beer drinker. I love beer. And I'm always up for whatever different tap, you know, whatever brews on tap. And I saw this. I was like, oh, this is interesting. What, Hitachino? Yeah, Hitachino. And I okay. never heard about it before. This was like 2008 or nine. Oh, it must have been super popular back then because Hitachino looks like it's like hand knit. You know, yeah, with that no, owl. you would think, but like no yeah. one knew about it. It was only well, like yeah, a few bars. It's a, it's a, just it's a pretty premium Japanese craft beer, basically, yes. is what you're yes, talking it's, about, it's, right? Yeah, yeah, it's like probably handmade by like, you know, like ninjas or samurais or something. I don't know. That's no, racist, the, the but secret okay. is that it's a super <laughs> refined product. And if we drill down into who's actually making it, it's going to be a super nondescript guy wearing like a, a white, a, a, a scruffy white shirt. Totally. Uh, you totally walk by him on the street and never know. Probably, and he's like a master craftsman. Yeah, right? and then you talk to him, and and, and he's like, "This is my mission in life," and you suddenly this like feel th- super ashamed of yourself. This whole thing is fucking racist, but continue. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's yeah. purposefully racist. That's uh-huh. why I went there. Uh-huh. But okay. anyway, it, I'm Korean. It's either Jiro, a ninja, or a samurai that makes this beer, is what you're saying. So, yeah, that's what I said. Basically, mm-hmm. yeah. You know what? Okay, here's here's Asian beer supremacy for you. Okay, um. If you go to like a Japanese bar in Manhattan and you go you, like a proper one and they have like a proper Sapporo machine, like the mm. like, it's not just a pull draft. It's a fucking machine. OK, oh. and it's got two levers for one beer. The first lever is to draft the beer and the second lever gives you nothing but head. It's got a head yeah, lever. Foam. Yeah. And no, it's just so and then they, they circle, they spiral it into like a milkshake thing. Oh, and so then good. and then you get the perfect amount of spirally. Fun. And it's that thick tiny tiny bubble foam that doesn't mm-hmm. dissipate it stays mm-hmm. there for the entire drink and and then here's here's something like i went to soju house in k-town they serve a frozen Sapporo, oh, and yeah. it's the oh, same yeah. thing it comes have you had that how do yeah. they do that it's got i, I think so it's an, it's it's nitrogen that's yeah, what it gets that uniform like creamy the, the creamy head <laughs> yes um, that's yeah. the only way they could do it that's the only way they could freeze it yeah, so yeah, it lowers the frozen. temperature a little bit more than you would get with uh, with just you know the water in in the alcohol or with even carbon dioxide. So the nitrogen mm-hmm. is what mm-hmm. does it, and it's almost this like 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 cream. Yes, you know it's not. Yeah, it's like you know, it stays together. There. Yeah, that's cool. I do you like guys that. hear that? Do you guys hear that wailing in the back? A little bit. Yeah, is that cocoa? That's a peacock. That's a peacock. Oh, it's oh, a peacock. Yeah, I okay. think it sounds that sounds like it's uh... like just wailing. Yeah, that's a peacock. So just to give, so there are wild peacocks that sort of just like roam the yard in uh, San Gabriel Valley. Do yeah, they like they're, beer? They're terrorists. Mm. They are. They're, uh, they're huge animals, by the way. They're yeah, they're small. they're really big, and it's it's very it's very good climate, and everybody's got stuff growing in their yards, so they're so they very like well kings. fed. Yeah, yeah. Like one of them was so fat that it. Well, a it couldn't really fly, but it got this like long glide going, and it and it uh, <laughs> landed in a tree that we have in the backyard, and the tree branch uh-huh. snapped. Yeah. Oh my god! It was that, that is a fat. fat fucking peacock. Oh. Yeah, it's probably like a. It was probably mm. like a forty pound bird. Mm-hmm. Mm. So that's, that's a big bird. It's yeah. entering. That's a beautiful. Those are beautiful birds, but that one is entering the sort of like late Elizabeth Taylor era, the right. White Diamonds era. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like mm-hmm. decadently fat, just just 
yeah. gorgeous plumage. Yeah. Just, but decked out in jewels. Just, yeah. just emeralds, yeah. diamonds. Do they taste good, though? They don't. I would they like don't, to find right? out one day. I would like to find out. There's a lot of people who, like, I've, I've looked it up. It's, it's, mm-hmm. There are people who have done it, and they say it tastes sure. kind of like a, like a gamey goose. Oh, wow. Right. Okay, so I they're good. Yeah. Goose is good. Goose is delicious. Yeah. Goose yeah. is amazing. It's a really fatty meat. That's like, so. it's, a ta- it's a Taiwanese specialty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 But is there, are there laws about just, like, killing them? There are. It's so it's so strict. Fuck. And uh, That's yeah, a negatory. It's, it's like a... Yeah, yeah so you can't do it. it might, you gotta, like... Yeah, if you hit one with a car, you know, you face a huge stiff penalty. It's a misdemeanor charge. Yeah. I can imagine, like, that, that, that huge fat peacock, like, breaking your branch. And you run outside to hear, like, what the noise is all about. And it, it just throws, like, two diamonds at you. And is like, <laughs> these, all, these always brought me luck. And then it tries to flap away, but it can't really get off the ground. Oh, man. No, it was sad. It was, like, waddling. Escape from Plan A. I told you that story to tell you this one. Love sick like a dog with canine sensitivity Developing this new theory of relativity Connecting a soul's rest in captivity Positive life sacrifice what it is to be our history Only a quarter of a century reality Sitting on the shoulders of a chemistry See ain't no mystery The colors that we make to Another episode of Escape from Plan A uh, this is Teen. I, I, you know, we should make sure that everyone knows what our voices are because I keep hearing people don't know our voices. So I'm Teen, and uh, I've got Mark with me. Mark, let him How hear you guys your voice. Doing? This is my deep baritone. Very nice, very nice. And of course, Jess, who's unmistakable. Yeah, I'm the woman. <laughs> right, there you go. <laughs> yeah. She is. <laughs> okay. So we wanted to talk a little bit about, I, I guess it's a, a general, but also very important and kind of major pattern that's happening in America, but also around the world, which is the precipitous decline in marriage rates. I think the statistic now is something like less than 50% of American adults are married now. And that is the lowest I think it's basically ever been. That's down from a high of like 70 plus percent in sort of the 60s and also again in the 80s um so that's happening and at the same time people are getting married much later uh both men and women are are waiting almost till about the age of 30 to now get married i just as a starting point i I was like you know i can i can see that happening I can kind of sense that that's happening out there, especially with millennials and the sort of like troubles that they're having and dating and stuff. So I just wanted to, how does this factor into the life of young people? And is that something that you yourself are seeing out there? I'm going to say, yeah, it it tracks very, I I read the studies and I read the pieces uh, that were written about it when it came out. I think the Atlantic covered it. You know, all the major publications have, uh, have touched on it at some point. I think this year was kind of like a banner year for some studies that came out to really, that did like 10, 15 year demographic studies. Mm -hmm. Um, And I have to say, I wasn't, I wasn't surprised because it tracked really, really well with my own experiences. Um, Mm -hmm. Like uh, I'm in my early thirties. And I remember in my like mid to late twenties between, I think about 26 to about 28, was a bumper crop of weddings like every year it'd be going to so many weddings uh Mm -hmm. and then there was a little lull and now i'm starting to see another uh, another wave of uh weddings 
among my like people who are uh, slightly older than me, like people in their like mid late thirties. Uh, right. Like there was a little lull in between where nobody was nobody's really no action was really going on, and now I'm seeing that slightly older wave of people uh, hooking up, and they're very different demographics. Um, mm-hmm. In late the late twenties crowd, that was very much people who uh, the stars had to align for these couples. I feel like like these were people who met their partners at just the right time. Like maybe they were high school sweethearts. That, that was some mm. of them. Uh, sometimes they were people who met in college or grad school, uh, and then and then it just worked. Uh, they and then it just the timelines meshed together well enough for them to make that decision at that time. Uh, that's kind of like quote the normal frame of things, right? Uh, it's still on the older yeah, right. end. The than, sweetheart than, marriage. Yeah, like it's yeah, it's yeah. still on the spectrum of like quote normal, like what our parents and our grandparents would roughly see as normal, if a little bit delinquent. Right. The, uh, arc- the, yeah. view- the archetypical. Yeah. Arc. And it made a lot of sense to me that, you know, of all those couples, those were, again, people who all met in that same life situation. So in college, in grad Mm -hmm. school, at work. So it made sense that they were both parties who were of the same uh, cast. Because it's not not really about money, necessarily. It's not about how much, it's not, you can't really make a correlation between if you make over, say, 250k a year, you are X percent uh, likelier to get married. It's more about right. professional cast. You are in mm-hmm, that white mm-hmm. collar demographic, and this became a marker of belonging to that that demographic. When you're kind of preparing to raise a family, you're anticipating, you know, career advances, you know, property, all that. So it made sense to kind of secure that uh, at a good enough time. Uh, and the people who are now that I'm that I'm seeing who are now getting married, people in their later uh, 30s and like 40s even. Uh, those are the people who, for whom, like they, like it didn't work out, right? If they met someone in college, they broke up. There was a long, you know, they there was a, they just didn't find the right partner professionally. You know, they were still getting their footing. Uh, I know a lot of couples break up. You know, they meet in college, but grad school takes them in different places or work or mm-hmm. whatever. And for some reason or other, like their twenties were dedicated mostly to their careers, and then now and then once they got to a stable point, usually in their early thirties. Uh, that's when they uh, took up the search for a partner. So for these people, this is right. this is what I think the piece in the Atlantic was talking about, like marriage as a capstone event, more than like it is. like it's not the first step the way our parents or our grandparents and and generations past would have used it, where you get married to start your adult life. That's that's your entree into adulthood. These are people for whom right. like everything they they figured it all out. Uh, it's just they some of them even have kids already. So it's just a it's more like it, it's more like cat like closing off that closing off youth more than starting adulthood. Well, um, it's interesting you talk about how like they might have had a college sweetheart or maybe even a young adult um, relationship that might have gone on for a few years, but it sort of ended because of life circumstances. Whether it might be uh, more education or uh, like job. Uh, job circumstances and I feel like um, that's that's very modern like um, that 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 sort of um, that breakage in that relationship wouldn't necessarily have happened in the same way uh, in, in our parents or grandparents generation like you, you know you were you didn't there not as many people went to graduate school so like they were done with college 
or um, you had your job and you weren't as geographically as mobile, right? And you you had that person and then you got the job and that was just it. And there wasn't as much um, of a chance where it was going to break because that person graduated and then they would go somewhere else to work. And maybe you couldn't do that. I mean, it, that that's just the way I'm thinking. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I don't no, know. You're, but you're it absolutely seems right. Like it's a and modern thing. I have, but I have a question. Okay. Like, what do you think is happening? Let's talk about the ones that maybe aren't getting married, right? Do you think that's being driven by men not wanting to get married or by women not wanting to marry the men? Well, I because... think it's both. I, I, it's both. I'm talking about, you know, uh, like mobility, right? Like having to move, you know, going going where life takes you. Uh, that's right. pretty much a hallmark of young adult life, right? Uh, the one yeah. key distinction here is that now it's both genders facing that kind of pressure. Because I remember uh, in undergrad, uh, like I, this was just a random conversation I had with, I think, with someone, someone who'd been working at the school for a really long time. Uh, and, and he was talking about how in the, like up till like the 70s and even 80s, uh, like family housing on campus uh, was uh, you'd, you'd often see like married undergrad men, right? Like, very, like mm-hmm, they married at mm-hmm. ni- 18, 19, took their wives with them to college, right? So family housing was for them. Uh, and women weren't mm. so much part of that equation. But where, whereas now, like at that same school, one generation later, family housing is for like married grad students, right? Right, uh, right. Right. And so we already see just in that one example, like you already see that delay in age and you also see that demographic shift where uh, women are also pursuing these same tracks that take them all over the place that disrupt their lives. It's not so simple as, you know, uh, like you find your husband at 20 and then you go with him wherever he's right. going. And you're not going to school too, right? No, you're, but you're, see, but isn't that, but that's not consistent with the data, right? The data saying that if you're ed- the, for the educated ones, they're still getting married at the same rates. They may be putting it off. But what about the ones who just aren't getting married? Like period, right? like lifetime, uh, lifetime yeah. non-marrieds? Or are you including the people who eventually do go on to get married just somewhat later? Well, the ones well, the ones for whom marriage has become less likely, right? Because for the educated, yeah. it's about just as likely as it ever used to be. Hmm. Um, but, they may be getting married later. Yeah, they're getting married later. I guess what I'm trying to tee up is like, let, let's just take sides here for a sec. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I get the feeling that a lot of guys want to get married. But the reality now of the modern economy is that it's not... Like for a woman, I just feel like marriage is not the, the the agreement that it used to be. It's not like the setup it used to be. It's not like it's going to bring a ton of financial security, right? It's not like she doesn't have – like for a woman, I feel like if she gets married, she's probably still just going to have to continue doing everything that she's doing now plus have to manage a marriage and then eventually like kids. But yeah. none of her former obligations fall away. Like she's still going to be expected to work bring in money and all this stuff. And it's kind of like, why would I take on this additional burden? Maybe to make other people happy or, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if there's been an equivalent study done here. I'm sure there are. I just haven't seen them. Uh, One thing that comes to mind is um, study studies that are done in Japan. Right. And you kind of see, you kind of see bits and pieces when it's written about in the American press. Uh, They always focus really heavily on, you know, those, those shut in guys 
You know what I'm mm. talking about? Right. I know they're, there's a term yeah, for them. The herbivore men or... Yeah, they're yeah. herbivore Hik- men. Hik- Hikimori but, or something like that? Yeah, yeah. Hikikomori. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but every time they, 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 they gloss over the role of women, but sometimes, you know, one, a little mention gets slipped through, uh, kind of offhand. And I think it's really telling it's, uh, those guys, uh, like, yeah, they don't want to get married, but it's also a feedback loop because a lot of women don't want to get married because of that same, yeah, absolutely. same thing in a, in a, in a, in a very structured society like Japan, where women are still expected to, uh, you know, retire from work if they were if they were working to uh, to go home and raise children. I know there was a huge like push by you know their uh, by parliament to incentivize women to return home and get married and have have babies, and it's women rejecting that. Yeah, so, absolutely. Uh, so I think it's it's I think we're in that period of 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 flux where expectations in this relationship are still. Uh, we know what they are, but we haven't quite come to terms with the fact that they're changing. And we have, we don't really have the language to negotiate what a new version of marriage is going to look like for both genders. This, this is all taking place at a pretty, like, abstract level. Like, we're talking about, you know, social forces and data and stuff. But what do you think is actually happening out there? Because, like, I talk to um, – the people I talk to who uh, – women who go, who go on the dating apps and stuff – like when they get really honest about it, it's pretty. It sounds like it's pretty horrific. Like it's not that they can't get dates; they're getting tons of dates. It's that what they're telling me is that the selection of men out there is horrendously bad. And I'm talking in New York City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I hear uh, the same over here, and I'm in LA. Yeah, and no, it's, uh, it's, it's universal, like an, man. It's universal. It's it's an epidemic of bad dates, and you know I don't. Honestly, I don't hear the same at all from guys, right? Guys um, will complain maybe that they're slim pickings or something, and mm. or they'll or they maybe complain that isn't that the same the girl thing, wasn't receptive. Slim pickings? Huh? Does that mean that like he's just not getting it? There there aren't enough fish in the ocean, or there aren't good enough no, fish in no. the ocean? So I I think I probably have the most experience as a single guy trying to get dates in New York or um, on apps. And with if a dude is saying they're slim pickings, that means that they're just not getting a lot of replies, right? So, like, there are plenty of attractive women out there. It's that, for whatever reason, that dude just doesn't get a lot of replies. They just don't get a lot of matches. So, yeah. But when he goes on yeah. dates, I'm saying I don't hear a lot of guys saying, like, yeah, I'm going on these dates and the girls are just garbage. You know, like, that's um, – I'm not hearing – yeah, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. It's not. It's it's much less likely. What they will say is that you know maybe the girl wasn't receptive or the you know whatever. But yeah, it's totally true. different from what I hear from women, which is just like the quality of men, and and just the you know the awkwardness of the date and the weirdness of the guy's behavior and all this stuff. Basically, it sounds like a big horror story, and it's just like full of guys who don't know what the fuck they're doing. Uh, are they feel entitled? Um, they, uh. You know, they just they just taught, you know, they're they're completely self-centered, all this stuff. Right, right, right. And I take them out their word. I'm like, it's it's I hear this consistently. It's it's true. Yeah. I don't think they're lying. I don't think it's I don't think it's completely their perception of behavior is wrong. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's a little percentage of like them being tough on the dudes, but like 99 percent of it is probably spot on. And I think that that is very consistent with this idea that people are getting married later. 
And a lot of times I see, like, kind of just what you're saying is, like, they pretty much put off, you know, like, they pretty much put it off up until the point they just can't ignore it anymore because they have to have a baby, you know. Mm-hmm. And when you get to your mid to late 30s, you're, you know, and I'm 39 now, I kind of kind of understand that, like, it's, it's, you're, when both sides are like, look, I'm just really interested in having a family, then you can kind of skip a lot of the whole, like, sure. yeah. you know, you know, is he really, um, does he really understand me? Does, you know, whatever. They can just kind of get to the point. And I'm wondering, is that, is that what it is? Is like, where we're meant to find so much, like, we're meant to find soulmates. And if you're trying to do that, it's just not, I don't know. There's some fiction in that. It's like, it's just, it's just the whole setup is ridiculous. And I'm See, wondering I if that's what's. I don't, I don't think it gets, I don't think people are still holding out the hope of a soulmate. I think for women, it, it comes down to a very practical uh, set of uh, terms. And I don't mean that to sound too calculating or anything. It's, but it's, uh, I mean, but it is your life. So you do owe it to yourself to lay it out in very practical terms. It's, it's that oh, sure, the potential sure. cost of being in a bad marriage outweighs uh, the goodwill to potentially tolerate a bad date for too long. Mm-hmm. So at this yeah. point in, you know, where we are as a society and as a, as a group, uh, it's it's like the downsides of of marriage are so significant that it's worth taking a step back and making sure that if we get married at all, it's it meets exactly the right criteria. Mm-hmm. Um, and the feedback that I'm getting from my friends, I've been off the market for quite a long time um, in two long term relationships that have both <laughs> been long. Uh, so mm-hmm. I never was on like the dating scene or anything, but you know, I have friends who are, on yeah, that. And I, the, I, I didn't and, think your, ter- your definition of long-term was like a few months. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, so the feedback that I'm getting, it's, it's, it's that a, yeah, they're, they're actually, they're terrible dates. Um, and the ones that aren't necessarily flat out, you know, horrifically awful, uh, it's just a lot of doubt whether this person can fulfill, uh, full, like, create enough trust for her to take that mm. risk because the downsides are just so harsh. Uh, and I think there's a yeah, biological, I... there's a biological component to that too. I mean, women are the ones who carry the babies and oh, sure. at this yeah. point, point in time, you know, uh, we're still, uh, we still do most of the, the primary caretaking and all of that. Mm-hmm. And, and marriage, it's a lot of, it's a lot of work, right? So yes, something well, I, has to be worth that something has to be worth that compromise. What's uh, a, what's a is. terrible date like? Like, do they ever describe like what constitutes a terrible date? Oh, oh we're getting man. into plan a, uh, advice. Bad dates now. come in so yeah. many flavors. Um, let's uh-huh. see. I mean, it ranges from straight up, like, like, Oh my God. He basically like read off a pickup artist manual. Like there was oh, a neg Jesus. every okay. five sentences. He tried to compliment me and then he, you know, turned it into a backhanded mm-hmm. insult. And, you know, right. he just stank of the worst cologne. Right. Uh, right. You know, okay. stuff like, okay. like, like, that's terrible. That pains ter- me. It pains me so much. Okay, yeah. go ahead. And, and there's, there's, there's other kinds of dates where the guy, if it's terrible, then, you know, it's like uh like he lied about where he went to school and where he worked and you know turns out he's like probably he, right uh height i don't hear so much uh my friends okay. are mostly asian and just height just does oh. not come up um, all right so they lie about where they they went to school 
probably yeah, where they and were. The, one guy, um, this is a friend of mine who's an MBA, and uh, she met him at an MBA mixer and then went mm. on a date with him. And it turned out he had leased a Porsche for the date. Like he had rented this oh, just, car. just for the day. Just, just for, for the, the day. day. Yeah. And she found out about this <sighs> from another MBA friend who had hooked up with him. Or like like gone on a date or something. She's like, like this guy is a total poser. And like, like, it's not like we were judging him for driving a Toyota or something. It's the fact that he felt he had to go rent a Porsche for his dates. That was the thing that just was that just kind of like, like, nah, that's that's not happening. I, I, um, I just wish that I could get in front of these guys and be, just be like, no. And like, yeah, switch them like a dog. Be like, or, you know, like or not like a dog. What I mean is like just like tap them on the nose every time that they want to do something bad. Just be like, no. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, and you get like, the you get stop. You get other awful dates. You know, um, you get the the. You know, the many assortment of bigots that you have out there, right? Like, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A friend of mine went on a date. He was super nice, set off all the right, uh, set off all, set the right tone. But then, right. like. No red flags. No red flags until it came time to, to pay the check. And then there was some, like, hmm. he thought there was, like, a discrepancy on the check. And then he just went off on the waitress who happened to be, <sighs> like, like, Hispanic. And was just like, like, I was gonna, like yeah, like, that's when you I just thought get... you were going to go there. I thought that was going to happen is that it was going to be some yeah. dude who abuses the, 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 you know, the waiters and waitresses and people like that. Yeah. And so, I mean, hmm. like, it's, it's like that Dostoevsky quote about happy families all being alike and, you know, and what have you like, un like bad dates come in just so many different flavors. And the thing is like, oh. I, I don't think people actually know what a good date entails. Because a good date literally is just the absence of anything bad, right? And uh, likewise, yeah. a for... good date is so simple. That's the thing. Yeah, it's not. It's not a circus. It's not some rigmarole. It's... I I would I would say okay. I don't I don't know this for sure, but I'm pretty sure that I've never been a bad date. Uh, I've been. You like... might have been a boring date, but not a bad one. I don't even think I've been a boring date, honestly. I'm just I think, I'm, just I think I'm a completely normal, fine date. See, I don't even know no, what that I'm, means yeah, anymore. You like are. you say, you've never been a bad day, and like here, oh, okay, he probably never raped anyone. I well, like, okay. Well, this, this I have no what, idea what this the one, benchmark is anymore. This is what I'm getting at. Is like, okay, for me, uh, dating is like to me. You should actually want to be on a date, right? Yeah, if if true. you're at the date and you're just like, yeah. Um, you're trying to get through it. Uh, that sounds awful, right? To me, it's like the date should itself be enjoyable, and oh, there, absolutely, yeah. There is this level of like interviewing. The, it, like sometimes I feel like people, there's a, uh, guys take it. You know, these MBA mixer types. Like it just feels like they're going on a job interview, and job interviews are never pleasurable. And you're trying to power through it and show the best side of yourself or whatever. Yeah, and I just feel like. With dating, uh, the the number of shitty dates out there, to me, kind of poisons the well for people because it's like, hundred percent. Uh, yeah, you're I, absolutely right. Like I have to, I have to overcome an incredible amount of pessimism, being statistically like just you know just based off of what you know, which is basically nothing, just as likely to be a complete skeezy creep as any other guy in that pool, right? right. 
Right. And it's interesting. Like I talk, you know, you talk to these people and like, I usually try and just kind of, by the way, I don't date much. Okay. But I'm just saying like, I, if the date is even like mean, like usually the topic will quickly turn to my God, dating is such a fucking nightmare. Yeah, no, <laughs> and, and, yeah, it, and it inevitably does. Yeah. yeah. It inevitably does. And that's where yeah. the tension comes in. Cause I mean, it is a job interview. Like yeah. marriage, like yeah, our, our common shared yeah. understanding of what marriage is, it's the hardest mm-hmm. job you're ever going to have in your life, honestly. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, but it's that dance where like like the expectations on marriage have gotten stratospherically high. And it doesn't help that now we're all encouraged to find our own definition of we wanted a marriage. That means we have no mm. common language. So when you're sitting across from your you know, coffee meets bagel, by the way, I have no idea what that name yeah. means. Are you the coffee or are you the bagel? I have no idea. Okay. I have no idea. I, like, I went on a date with a girl that was actually a roommate of the, the one of the sisters that created that site, and she couldn't answer the question. So Okay, so you as the bagel uh, are sitting there, and your conception of what you want out of this could be so radically different from the person sitting yes, across from you. Absolutely um, so, true. So I think I think it was a lot easier when there was that um, that very straightforward, uh, clear cut uh, message of what it is. This is about right. you know you and find a base you level of compatibility, uh, and this the idea is that you two are partners, uh, you know your economic partners to raise children mm-hmm. to aggregate some amount of property and then pass that legacy on, right. Um, and now it's it's a whole like, and now all of that is still true for I mean as you can see from the people who actually do get married these are, it always tends to follow uh, property right who who stands to gain from property divisions right oh you uh, mean yeah 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 and but there's also this other layer of like soft stuff uh, added to it like compatibility similarity in taste and interest. And I always felt like it was a, a like compatibility was was a pretty I get what it means, but it's also on its face kind of ludicrous to me. Like if you're a straight person, you're sitting across from like one of the most radically different people ever from you, and you're trying to find compatibility. Yeah. Like fundamentally, yeah. like like I I don't know how to get past that. And I think this is a natural facet of like getting older. I'm pickier. I have my yeah, likes. Yeah. And my dislikes, my personality is probably not going to change until the day I die. Um, well, and and so, I would say that it's healthier to get pickier as you get it older. It is. It is. So I, I'd say that the search gets harder as you get older, just from the natural circumstances of life. But mm-hmm. um, at least the preliminary data shows these are the relationships that last. Like I know yes, that's the true. first of my friends who got married, it was like the, she got married like the day after we graduated high school. And we were like, oh, my God. Um, it made no you, sense what? to us high at the school? time. Yeah, high school. So she was like... like she, she was she 18? Was, I think she might have been 17, but her fiancé was shit. 19 at the time. So young. That's too fucking young. That's, that's a very, throwback. Very young. That's a throwback. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. just... Yeah. Wow. Um, and the rest of us were like clutching our pearls, you know. I mean, <laughs> I still hadn't gotten over... Like, boys still had cooties. You know, like they thought of like like interacting with one past like... You know, were they religious? Oh, where it was like they wanted to get married to have sex? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. no, uh, no. I mean, their first kid happened wow. like three months after they got married. Interesting. So you know, so I think it was. I'm. 
yeah, I, so I don't know. I don't really know what what all went into that. I mean, they were definitely having sex. Wait, they were gonna... their first kid came three months after they got married. So, she so was... did, maybe they oh, got she married. Didn't... Oh, yeah. Maybe they got married because they... she was pregnant. Uh, I that mean, they'd be. been seeing each other like like for a few years before that. And it was very, yeah, so it was were very much active. like within with an eye towards marriage. Like she was presenting herself as like a serious, like committed woman at that oh, age. Really? Everyone else was just like like you know at playing like around 16. with the concept. Yeah, everyone else was playing around with the concept of boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever, or just like me. Wow, so not not so not this worrying is really about really old school. Yeah, this is really old school. Yeah, and I remember uh, like what, what, yeah, what? Was she but Asian? That's, that's pretty no. rare though. It is very rare. No, it's not Asian. Rare. White. She was not white. A, uh, white Hispanic. White Hispanic. Oh, interesting. So her mother was also quite young. Like I think when uh, we graduated high school, oh. her mom was still in her early forties. Um, so this was kind of just the the expected template. What for happened life. in the family? Wow. Huh? Okay. Yeah. Like, so, what happened in the family was this is how it worked. Kind of. Yeah. And this is just. I mean, yeah. there's no judge. I'm not judging them at all. This is just. Uh, this was the norm that she was following no, no. and it worked it, like there was no coercion, definitely nothing of the sort there. Like she very sure, legitimately sure. wanted this in her life. And the rest of us kind of went to college. Mm. She had three kids all before the age of 24, um, you know, and and, you know, she's divorced now. Right. No, no. Yeah, really? she is. Yeah, yeah. They started wow. having marital problems. Like, like she followed him. Like he enlisted for the military in the military. I think he was in the Marines. Oh, Mil- yeah. military dudes get married young. Do yeah. they I've get noticed. married? They really you know do. what I'm hearing is that they tell people, they tell the recruits, like, don't get married to your girlfriend. But they yeah. they keep doing it, and then they all get divorced because it problems happen because they're always deployed. Yeah. Yeah. And like, no, like, and we all kind of like, we were like, oh my God, we need to like do an intervention or save her or something like, oh my God, she's married. That's so gross. Wow. She's having kids. Uh, and then now we're at the point where her kids are like sentient people. She's divorced. Oh, what's uh, They're like sentient people. Like they're. Oh, yeah. They're like, yeah. They're, they're, yeah, they're teenagers. They're almost teenagers. Yeah. And, uh, and wow. she's like, she got divorced, you know, like, duh. Um, but now she's going back to school. Mm, mm. Her kids are going to like, she's going to have her life back. Like, is, she, is she like looking for like a, she's looking for a man now? No. Or is she going to be not. like single mom? It. She's uh, a she's single mom. Yeah. 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 She got her, she got Sorry, her go degree. Ahead. Um, uh, awesome. Awesome. Her husband, her, her ex-husband, like she used the money from her ex-husband to pay for her college degree. Uh, like she's supporting them. I th- she's a social worker, I think. Um, and oh, just that's enjoying. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And like she was, I last I heard, uh, last I talked to her was a few years ago. Uh, she had been kind of casually seeing a guy, but she's like, no, this time around, I am not in any freaking rush. I don't need a father for my children. I'm not looking to have yeah. any more of them. So at this point, this is all about me and what I want, <laughs> so I can wait. That's right. And it's like she now needs she's a man like, like com- a fish needs a bicycle. Yeah, and it's but it's like she had completed one life cycle before the rest of us. That's you know? crazy. Like, like, they're, like, uh, like my friend, like the oldest of my friends are yeah. now raising their young kids and she's the one like advising right. them about all this stuff. Cause she, she already did it but like 10 years ago, <sighs> you know, That's I've done insane. everything in my life to avoid that situation. I, all my friends, <laughs> I, all my friends are my age and they all have kids. Some of them have two kids. Some of them have kids that are people. 
uh, right, that, right. You know, that do stuff that have like responsibilities because they're like ten years old, <laughs> and uh, you know, they like, mow lawns and stuff. They're you know, it's a yeah, tough no, life. yeah, they do stuff for money. It's fucking, <laughs> it's insane. And I, I'm, I'm very, I guess, like I, um, yeah, I'm like the polar opposite of your friend. There, it's like I, I have done everything in my power to, uh, at, well. I guess after a certain point, I just I realized I was like, yeah, I, I don't think I don't think that I'm I'm down for this, you know. And right. I, you know, I I guess what I'm saying is like I can see the logic of people just saying like I don't want to get married and I don't want to have kids for men. I don't know about women because I can't really put myself in their those shoes, especially that pressure of having children. But like, right, and that biological clock, it, right? I mean, we there, just don't have it, that. It just yeah. The way I think of it now is like I, you know, I lived through the financial crisis, and I was very, very like in the you know sort of ground zero for that. And I just you know I have this weird, um, this weird feeling of insecurity, even though I like do fine. Mm. And mm. oh yeah, no, I, yeah. The whole world is like set up to here's how I think of it. The whole world around us is like set up to push a family of four to the brink of paycheck. So if you're a family of four, Mm. that cost of, you know, the cost of housing and schooling, taxes, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's all designed to keep a family of four vaguely precarious. Yeah, that's true. If you're single and you don't have a family, but you earn like you could be the head of a household, which I kind of do. Yeah, you're in the uh, money, man. You're, you're living like yeah, you're living life in the in easy mode, uh, and it's really hard. And this is the thing: like people are, I guess, for a man, I'm just like, what compels men? And this is I'm getting to you, Adam. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> you're heading there. You know what I mean, man. And, you know, we, talk, you know, we hang out and I, I don't think you and I see things radically differently. True. You, you know what I mean? And we've had very similar experiences. We've both been married before. Yeah. And yep. I want to know what is it that's compelling you? And, you know, we'll leave we'll leave your fiance out of this because she's a wonderful woman. And all of this could be. Explained she is amazing. By, you could just explain this by just saying her name. OK, yes. but, <laughs> but let's talk about it abstractly. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? What mm-hmm. is com- what? Why is it? I mean, I've I've laid out why I think that marriage is and and kids is is uh-huh. not a bad idea, but a hard idea. And I want to know what makes you ready for that that challenge. Sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah. Um. So you know, I I don't want to go like through my whole life story because that could take a long time. But I I, I was adopted. And I think because I was adopted from Korea to America uh, and just what that means and and, and how that affects you, uh, you can either you can go one of two ways. I feel Uh, you can feel that family means nothing and you never want to have it because it was never something that was uh, very constant. Or you can go the opposite way and say that family is very important and you want to have that of your own. And I'm very much of that second way where um, my I, I was very lucky to have a very uh, to have an amazing adoptive family. And um, so you've always felt that way. Always, always. And I was also adopted with my biological brother. 
So I know a lot of other adoptees out there are um, adopted alone, mm-hmm. meaning that they're not adopted with a biological sibling. I mean, were you thinking about that when you first your first marriage? I was, I was. I mean, my, my first marriage, uh, my adoptive father uh, was very sick, and it was, uh, I was I was like 28, 29. I'm the older sibling. So I'm you had sort of a son. family, a family crisis happening in your, yeah, yeah, in the background, and, right? Yeah, I did. Loss and, of father. Yeah, and like I, I felt this obligation and this responsibility mm. uh, to get married and possibly have children. And um, carry on the name, maybe okay. not biologically, but in spirit and 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 no, I hear you. Uh, legally, right? And it's also like evidence. Like, is was was it like evidence to him that you know it's going to carry on the yeah, family? Yeah, and, yeah, like I, I uh-huh. love my father. Yeah, and um, I, I'll, I'll try not to get the cry, but like your dad he, was a pretty good looking dude, by the way. I saw the oh my uh, dad. My dad yeah. was a very good looking guy. Yeah, and uh, but you don't anyway, have his you don't have his jeans though, so I can't. <laughs> I don't because I'm not near, I'm not a blonde haired blue eyed tall white dude. <laughs> but like you know, like, but you my weren't dad Jewish, everything. so you know, you and I and I wasn't you. Jewish. <laughs> but oh uh, yeah, that comes you know, from my the dad, mom. <laughs> but like so, my you know, my dad meant so much to me, like so much to me, and I wanted him. Well, he was sick, and I wanted him to know that I'd be okay in every way, right? Like sure. professionally, and and I, just you know, relationship and family. That's and, important. My dad had, you know, my dad had a brush with with death before. Yeah, and yeah. that was the first thought that came to his mind. You remember, he told, he's fine, luckily, but he, he oh, at yeah, that time, yeah, yeah. he told me it was cancer, and he was like, first thought that came to his mind was like, <laughs> yeah, All right, you. the kid, the kid, the kids won't die if I if I'm not here. They'll they'll have. They seem to be on their way to some sort of no, uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, absolutely. some kind of existence. Yeah, yeah. So like I, I, you know, for me, but also it was like a combination of that and just I always, family was always very important to me, and sure. I always knew in my mind, no matter how much playing around I might do, and I, I was never a guy that initially wanted to do that kind of stuff, but like. I always wanted to have a family. I wanted to have kids. I just, I wanted it because I, I think it was just something that it was never stable for me. So, so it's a question of priority, right? Like you're, you're coming into this with the, with the pre, with the priority being underlying all of it. When yes. you're out dating, you're yes. thinking about this. Yeah. The yeah. Purpose yeah. Of I, all this, absolutely. I, I am no matter, you know, I got divorced and mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go out there and put myself out there and have some fun. But always, even like right after I got divorced, always in the back of my mind when going on these dates with, with women was, was she someone that I could see myself with longer term? And I once I made, the, once the switch was turned on and off, on or off, I would act maybe a little differently. I always acted, you know, like, I, you know, I wasn't a bad guy, but like. It was, I would act differently. And, you know, so it was, for me, it was always, I was always looking for that, that next step, the, the, the woman that I could be with long-term and, and thankfully, you know, after I got divorced, you know, I I wasn't just looking for anybody and I I had those things I I, I had to have and the things that I couldn't, you know, I couldn't tolerate and I found an amazing woman we're going to get married very soon and 
you know, I hope it, it lasts for a long time and we're going to, ha- we love to have kids. And, um, so yes, but yeah, I, I always had that in the back of my mind. It was just a priority for me. So I have so. a question for you guys. Um, yeah. do guys have any kind of sense of like, uh, like timeline? Uh, for when they want to I achieve think some these like do. benchmarks, I do. I, I, I did. did. I, I did. I, I did. Yeah. I do. I I want to be able to, when my kids are a little older, at least do a little bit of the roughhousing, a little bit of sports, move around with them. I don't want to be like seventy years old and like I can't go and run around with my kids. So you know, you have to get married. It's a little, depending on how fit you are. There's a little bit of a timeline for that. I would say, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, elaborate the question. I want to know what's driving the question all. Um, Because uh, just in talking to my friends, right, and they're, uh, like, when when they decompress after a date, especially if it went badly. um, Sure. You know, kind of some of the, like, the the meta theme that comes out is, like, men not being able to accept that they are on a timeline. Because, uh, I mean, I can't speak for them, of course, but it just just happens so often. That's me. Yeah, some dudes. Uh, yeah. Some dudes. Yeah. Yeah, like it's always like societally, we all have. I mean, we all know enough about the stereotype to laugh at jokes about women wanting to get you know married by thirty or you know babies by thirty five yeah. or something. And this is reinforced, mm-hmm. right? Like you can't go a month without some study coming out about oh yeah, women, your eggs are just gonna rot and fall right out at the crack of thirty three. So you know, chop chop. <laughs> And that kind of like like that kind of breeds the sense of like 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 if not urgency, then awareness that there there are certain points where you have to make a very tough decision with yourself, right? Um, yeah. So, sure. And I think that's and I think men do. It seems like men do go through that thought process, but a they feel kind of alone, like they might be the only one to be thinking yeah, through not. things that way. Um, I know they're, they're not. not, but it's like there's no conversation yeah. around it. There's no conversation to support like a man saying, uh, you know, I want to I definitely want to have kids by 35 or something like nothing so concrete as that. It's always a little bit more amorphous and more like. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I think one of the problems um, when I found myself sort of like, quote, back on the market, I had never I had never gone in on an online date until about a year ago. Right. I had always met my girlfriend. I met my wife, my ex-wife, just sort of naturally. And I I always found the idea of this of the app thing kind of bizarre and and weird. Like, you know, to me, I think for young people now, they look at the apps and they're kind of like totally socially normal. Whereas for me, I I always like I I saw the beginning of these apps. I knew some of the people in that industry that Mm -hmm. were like. This is online matchmaking. It was weird. You know what I mean? And to me, matchmaking, in my mind, always seemed to be like something that you would just like do like once or twice. Like you don't go and hang out every – you don't go to the matchmaker every day to see like who you're going to date that day, right? <laughs> matchmaker <laughs> should be like a service that you use like once or twice or whatever. Yeah. Right. And the apps morphed from – OkCupid I think still had this sort of like online matchmaker kind of thing where it was like we're trying yeah. to get you onto the service and then out as quickly as possible. That it would be our definition of success, right? Mm. But now it's like these apps are chronic. They're like chronic apps and they become a lifestyle. And especially with <clears throat> something like Tinder. Um, um, yeah, I mean that's what I see, man. Tinder's changing, by the way. 
Yeah, but what I'm saying is, like, I know young guys uh, who are chronically dating, and they say that they're looking for something, but you know what they're really looking for? They're looking for... um, I mean, they're looking for sex. Like, I'll just put it that way. Uh, oh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and and so it becomes the the app becomes something that just melds into your lifestyle as sort of like a chronic presence. And yeah. I just it's found a, that to be really disturbing. It's a, it's a real. It's it not can be. So, yeah, it's on its face. Like, yeah, you use it to find a partner. But um, what it really does is kind of it kind of reinforces your position in in the social hierarchy. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's 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 self validating for sure. Yeah, and I think this is uh, and, where it's also... like gender identity mm-hmm. plays out, right? Um, yeah. Like you typically, I mean, when you're trying to, I mean, let's face it, you're you're the idea of being on these apps is it's flattering to be liked by many people, right? So, and it I think be, yeah, there's this for like... there's this assumption in the back of people's heads, like they're trying to triangulate that proper signal to attract as much. Uh, as much uh, bees to your honey, uh, your pollen. Yeah, but but for possible. the guys that I know, but for the guys that I know, it's also just the fucking bona- bonanza of of girls to, like, it's like pulling a slot machine. You never know what you're gonna get, mm-hmm. and sometimes you get quite lucky. And there's small mm-hmm. payoffs and there's big payoffs, but they're fine with the small payoffs, like all you know regularly. And you get a culture where it's just, especially in a big city like New York, where you're mm. never gonna really like gonna run out. this. You're never gonna run out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so um, when I was thinking about how dating had become this sort of slot culture, slot machine type situation, mm. I started realizing maybe that's why guys have like timeline problems. Uh, to get back to your original question, is like. Yeah, that, the, FOMO the app stuff. The app is a very repetitive use thing, you know, and yeah. it's not meant for you to. the The app doesn't seem to me to have like a specific place in the timeline, kind of like a traditional Mac matchmaker would just have like one slot. It just kind of goes with you through the whole thing, and so I find that if I don't know when I think about this, I see the way the guys approach it, and then I hear the girls say, "Man, I can't find myself a quality guy." The guy is just playing the odds, and the girl is like trying to use this as a matchmaking thing. Like, I'm, I want to find a good guy, and there's just a real mismatch there. See, I think I think we're incentivized to not be true to ourselves. I mean, that's the cliche advice, and everyone tries mm-hmm. to follow, but they're trying to put forth a vision of themselves that they want the other person to find attractive. And I think this is where well, we yeah, also that's, add that's to that layer that's of misunderstanding. True. Because I know a friend, like, a few years ago, uh, she went on this really terrible Bumble date with this dude. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, total asshole, bro, whatever. Um, And then, like, it didn't go anywhere after three dates. She did sleep with him, and he ghosted her, fine, whatever. I thought thought Bumble was supposed to, like, screen out those bro dudes. Eh, doesn't. They keep getting through. I think they just keep getting through. Here's the thing. I thought they were supposed to... A few years after that... She ran into him, like, at a different sort of thing, like a different event. Like, I think they were in the same alumni circle okay. or something. Like, she had, she yeah. just ran uh. into him organically. And, sure. uh, and <laughs> I don't know what this says about either of them. They both forgot each other. 
Like we only realized this, in the, <laughs> and like she actually connected with him, right? Like it was an organic, right. well, like it was more of an organic thing. Yeah, like she was talking about like really connecting with this guy and what have you. Um, like they, they're gonna go get coffee, and it was amazing. And then it took another one of my friends to be That's like, insane. "That guy looks familiar." And then that's super interesting. And then, like, we dug around, and then, like, she had actually hooked up with him, like, a couple of years earlier. So interesting. And wrote him off as this, like, total, like, bro. And he had put on on this act, right? Like, he had changed the way he dressed and talked, and the things he decided he wanted to present as interesting about himself. Uh, Yeah. So there's Uh, that total mismatch between what we think is attractive to other people. uh, Right. And and what's actually attractive to people. Yeah. And it's, no, and, but I think that he's. But I it's, think, but he wouldn't do that unless there was an incentive. Because yeah, I think true. that that's true. He does that, I think, because he's playing. You know, these he's apps. The they just. They, yeah, he's playing the odds exactly, and yeah. it's like the odds going of what to worked. Yeah. Well, and, he's gonna put on. You got to put on game face. You know, like you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it, it doesn't matter if one particular. See, this is what bothers me. It's like, it, like it doesn't matter whether one particular date goes bad or not. You're playing odds, and so it's the ultimate commodification. Yeah. Women come through, and it's just like, am I gonna get lucky or not? And there's no sense of like, it's extremely dehumanizing. I guess uh, that's, that's yeah. what I'm saying. For it's extremely parties, dehumanizing. Though, for and both I parties. Felt, for both parties, for me, I I felt when I when I started seeing how the app worked, there's so many women, but you know what happens? You start seeing patterns. Like for example, I started seeing like there's an incredible, like incredibly high number of single South Asian doctors mm. in their like sort men of men and women mid. Well, I I can't see men, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> but. but Yes, women um, in their mid thirties, and I kept mm. seeing the same profile like over and over. You know, um, that's just one example. But they would fall into categories. I would see like sort of like you know international students from China that are at, at like either FIT or Pratt over and over again. Why? Well, yeah, you know? at CMB, right? Yeah, yeah. I would see. Oh, um, I would see like white Jewish women in their like late thirties that worked for media. Over yep. and over again. Yep. Yep. Um, and it just becomes like that. You basically see an app that's giving you like four or five different archetypes. You know, because the algorithm's doing its thing, right? Yep. And and um, it just you just see like how many people fall into the same category, and it's almost like you're seeing too much. Mm. It's almost like you're you you shouldn't actually be seeing that that those many that many profiles because it just sort of seeing that many people all together kind of it it removes a certain human depth to there and then you're just you're just it's like the matrix now i'm just like seeing numbers and stuff sure and it was sure. it was super depressing actually when i when it i is. started started seeing it that way and i just i was like i need to get off this app as soon as possible but uh, so jess uh, it, it makes it's very interesting for me that story you told me because and i don't want to get too much into like my pickup coach thing or like the fact that like i did that kind of stuff but you know, I've been listening to the conversation you guys are, t- are talking and everything. No, and get like, into it. I, you get into it. I want to hear what how it works. Yeah, yeah. So it's just like also um, for all those listening, you know. his uh, his audiobook is on sale. It is seventy nine ninety nine. <laughs> Payable uh, to yes. me. <laughs> it's called respect the cock. <laughs> there you go. That's right. But yeah. like it just um, you know being involved with the the pickup community in New York City and knowing the dudes that are in there. Um, I would say that 
the majority of them are really looking for something more. Like they're not there just to hook up with women left, right, and center. I mean, they'll take it if it's there, but they're not looking for that primarily. And that dude you describe who um, went on that date with that woman, uh, your friend, and then met her a couple of years later and was just totally different. If, if I had known that guy and I'd heard that story, I'd been like, whatever you're doing on your dates, stop it. Whatever you're doing just like out in your life at these other events, do that more. And what that might, he might like, he might be resistant to it because he's like, well, I'll get fewer dates or whatnot. I'll be like, well, what's the quality of your dates? And do you just want numbers or do you really want to meet someone you can connect with and be happy with? So, yeah, you know, I that. think it's a tough sell. And, and, and I think but I, it, okay, it's a okay, tough sell because a, so many of them but, can do really no, but well here's just my, getting, But here's my you know? point, Adam, is it's not that I totally agree with that, obviously, right? Like, I don't think people should go and put on, you know, game face when they go to a date. Like, that's just that sucks. But it's the stupid, thing is, man, it's stupid. I think, but my point is that I think the apps are presenting a certain kind of... Um, I'm being melodramatic here, so mm. bear with me. I think it presents a kind of <laughs> spiritual violence on men. I, I'm just saying this because I, I I was so traditional in the way that I am still so traditional in the way that I think about meeting people. Like, I, I really think you should meet people through people that you already know. Like, that's just kind of oh, how, you know. Absolutely. And, the pickup to have was, an app, yeah. like, basically funnel just all this choice at you, yeah. right? It yeah. actually does a number on you as a guy. And no, I guess I sensed it because I'd never done it. I feel like young I, people are acclimated to this and I'm they don't not, even know what it's doing to them. I completely agree with you. I think yeah. the mm -hmm. feedback and the information that apps uh, present to you mm -hmm. can warp your perception oh, totally. of how you want to act to attract women, right? And you don't even start thinking about what you no, but actually I, I, want. I think it actually fucks up your it, – it, it kind of like assaults your con concept of what a woman is. Yes, yes, you know, absolutely. Because it, it's yes, really like that. shopping on Amazon or something. It's Ab like – Absolutely. You know, and CMB, think about the delivery vehicle. It presents you. It says. It promises you. I'll oh, it, send and you, it does both. I don't want to just you, pick on dudes, but it – But it just I'm just, I, I, I can only rep the male side. And, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I can't even begin to describe what this must be like for women. But you get thirty bagels a day. That's what it promises you. Well, and, yeah. I mean, I used it when you only gave you one. But like, okay, I get I got thirty a day. Oh no, yeah, no, they give you, know, you a lot and, more. Now. And and you look at it, and it's it's almost like Groupon. Right. No, it is. It is. You know, I, and it's I like I almost what the wish it would go back to giving you one. I wish it would get. Uh, I wish it would give you back just one, mm -hmm. and you've got to really think about whether you want to say yes or no. Yeah, and then I wish you would have, do that because. And then afterwards, it moves to this chat function. Yeah, and it, you know, I don't know. I just looked at this and I was just like, "How is this not psychologically the same thing as like mail order brides or something?" Honestly, like. There was just something so highly transactional about it, it especially does. for me, because no, like, yeah. I, I, my favorite apps are like banking apps, and like, you know, like, <laughs> like I use it, yeah, Uber, you know, whatever. And, and then I have like know. a woman, app. and then you have a woman app. Yeah, and no, I, I was like, I yo, you. this is a step too far. It's I honestly a step too far, and no one's out there. I think they need to, people need to really start seriously rethinking online dating. And how it works, app dating. Well, you know, I think I, you're onto I, something. I there was yeah. this uh, study. Go ahead. 
Uh, it's interesting that you brought up banking apps. I know it's probably unintentional, but uh, bear with me for a sec. Um, yeah, yeah. For both Go genders, for um, they presented financial information about themselves, not about any prospective partner, right? Uh, and then told mm. them to choose a mate, right? And I and I think there is a definitely correlation there with commodification of people because it turns out men who get a positive financial picture pick hotter women mm. and men who mm -hmm. are made to feel a little poorer uh, are okay with uglier women. And that's what it boiled mm -hmm. down yeah. to. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And, yeah. And, yeah. Converse, and same thing for women, honestly. So I think it's... Oh, oh so the richer women went go for uh, hotter dudes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, interesting. And so it's it's interesting that there is that core like you are that kind of means that that mental model you have of this partner is mm. a commodity a commodity uh, like an asset in your portfolio. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So the, it it does exist on that same axis in your head. Um, yeah. Now maybe because I was is, never that rich that or bad? that good looking. <laughs> now the question that I have is is that bad and i have a harder what, what, time you mean talking this, about you, this you mean you mean you mean this like you mean the way that looks is it can be translated into like a like a like a Dollars monetary pecuniary value no i'm talking about um like actually being more honest about the commodification process that's happening mm. here uh, i think it's bad i think it's bad I'm very traditional about this. I think it it's very I'm bad because See, I don't know what traditional means in that <sighs> case because I'm actually well. I'm just like pre-app. Like I, I like I'm in. I'm talking about an era in which you didn't really have a lot of market like 15 data. Fifteen years oh, ago. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like basically the day before yesterday. But the no, day before I, yesterday. I guess, I guess what I'm saying is like the reason I think it's bad is because we never thought this way before. Never. Like it's just never been this way. And uh, the fact I think people I'd did, but they couldn't enable did. it. They, it was just, no, not at this scale. I think but it not wasn't enabled. Like I, like my cousins, a few of my cousins in Korea mm. got married through arranged marriages. Right. Um, are these your rich cousins? Huh? Are these your rich cousins? Yeah. Uh, they're older. Like they're older, <laughs> so they would be. Yeah, they were my first. Uh, they're the first pe people in my family's in that generation to get married. Um, and it's the same kind of commodification, the same kind of dehumanization that we're talking about here, but abstracted mm. one level up. It's someone else doing that for you. It's your parents. It's it's the uh, it's the matchmaker. The traditional matchmaker. Gobs yeah. of money too to make this match for you. Mm. It's just that they're, but they're handling. But they're taking more dimensions though, right? Like they're taking into account, you know, the 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 social compatibility between two people there's it's contextualized you know it is contextualized and, but it's like they're handling the dirty work they're the ones vetting for okay. like fi finances you know making sure he doesn't have you know uh you know a messy divorce or debt or something doing all that for you so when you finally meet right. all you are responsible for is that personal connection oh so, yeah but that's qualitatively different than like you know uh i work on wall street I make over, you know, 500k a year and I want like an 8 or a 9 and if you're a 10, I'll put up with crazy. You yeah, know, but like is that yeah. but that's the dirtiness even... there? I agree that it it mm -hmm. feels skeevy, but it's also like how much of that is because you are the one making those kind of calculated decisions self as opposed to someone else doing that for you. And right, it right. that that skeeviness comes from a a concept of marriage that is uh 
that is upheld to be pure and beyond reproach and beyond you know any of these quantitative factors yet we're still expected it's just subliminal understanding that those quantitative factors do come into play right like that's what i'm that's what i'm so, getting but, at so what ultimately what are you saying though about are you, are you so you basically you're saying the app is basically letting us do for ourselves what previously other people would be doing for us and so we have more control over our lives and, and doing it worse and, yeah and by doing well, that not necessarily. It's, it's it's quantitative so um, we're, 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 because it's so quantitative and so transactional, uh, we're, 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 we're nostalgic for an imaginary time when qualitative stuff was, was, uh, given more primacy. By the way, I, this is a fascinating, con- I, want to, I want to continue the conversation, but I think we've got enough for a pod. So <laughs> we do. Wait, wait, hold on. Let's, let's just, where's what I, I suggest? my whole okay. beer. I drank Let, the whole beer. Wanna, let's do, I- let's do final thoughts and then continue the conversation. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, but so any final thoughts uh on the marriage go, thing? yeah we could go on forever but i'm just curious after this thing, whole thing i don't know any final thoughts you want to share about uh just kind of obs- here i guess I'll put it this way observations about marriage relationships or whatever that you think really aren't being a thought that you have or a perspective you have that is not something that's part of sort of broader consciousness uh the broader conversation about what's going on um i think you know i feel that a lot of men out there feel pressured to go one way or another meaning go full bachelor go crazy have sex with everybody etc or be only a family man um i would say like just do what you feel is right at the time and don't try to bamboozle anyone or trick anyone anything. Be honest. And it might end up that you don't, you know, hook up with somebody or you lose somebody. And that's okay. And I know it's hard to try to accept that. But I would urge Ben to be honest with people in their lives. And it will end up all right. So I'd say. Just any thoughts? Dating, dating sucks. I think uniformly, like like for men and women, like the friends that I have, and, and I'm this way myself. Um, every time I talk to them, it's it's like I wish we could just skip ahead to like the fifteenth date, you know, uh, like like there's an Very everyone's true. trying to like this like the tragedy of it, uh, and also the like the beauty of it in some way is that everyone is everyone seems to be wanting that. Right, that kind of intimacy, that kind of letting down of that that shiny exterior you put up, that you that your mm-hmm. estimation of what everyone else wants you to be, right, which is always wrong, uh, and just to kind of get mm-hmm. that, to that point where you're like just sitting on a couch, probably in something ratty and stained, watching a movie, and uh, and uh, you you can just be your grossest self. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, it's, yeah, and it, yeah, there's yeah. there's there's a sadness to it that, that it's so hard to find to find someone that you're willing to let your let let those barriers down with. But it's also touching that so many that everyone that's what everyone like that's the commonality. Like we talk about you know men taking advantage of women and women you know taking advantage of men you know rejecting and heartbreak and all of that. But like something keeps bringing people back to the table, right? So part of me yeah, keeps yeah. like there's okay it's never gonna work uh, right to just 
have some kind of dating standard where you do show up in like your ratty sweatpants and you fart at the table, right? <laughs> like for some like that's unfathomable, right? But like I don't know if there's a better conversation that can be had. This is probably like person to person. There's probably no like signal you can send out of society, right? To mm. to be a little yeah. bit more to to have the self confidence in yourself to be to uh to reflect out what you what you see in yourself i think we are in agreement <laughs> right like like it's not about like i i'm me as a woman i mean if if i were on the scene i would be tempted to seem younger to seem prettier to seem more collected and and polished and like i i'm sophisticated and and all of this stuff uh and i'm only ever like half of that in real life right but it would really suck to put my that version of me out there because i know inevitably that's that's not the median vision of femininity and gender that we have out there that we are all conditioned to see as attractive and valuable right so it would really suck to actually to present myself honestly and get that kind of rejection so i really mm-hmm. do feel for the struggle like trying to trying to balance between the two and being very careful to to not uh, to not get more hurt than you need to in this process. So I I mean I don't know I, I don't really have any like thoughts on that except you know like Godspeed really, like and I don't think in this entire like hour plus conversation two hours now practically um, almost we we never really triangulated what marriage does mean right we roughly said it's it's for us at least it seems to be about kids about family and a legacy right. But that's still talking about something other than who that part, your marriage partner is, right? Except in really practical terms. So maybe there is another pod. So, I mean, so we, as much as we tried to get away from the transactional nature of it, we did ultimately come back to that. Like you want, I can tell you what I think it means though. I mean, I think there, but I think, I think to think about what it means in a pessimistic way, uh, will actually in my mind, help people who want to find that person. (laughs) I think that people should listen to the pessimist as much as they listen to the optimist. And that's missing, okay? I think that the problem with American culture when it comes to relationships and dating is it's all sugary, sweet optimism. And Uh, I agree, I agree. And you need a little bit of pessimism. And here's what I mean is you got to like, if you talk to men who are married with children that have been supporting a family as the head of the household for a long time that are just grinding it out they're fucking miserable okay and they do it because they gots to they do it because they love their children they do it because that's what men are supposed to do but it comes with a severe loss of freedom so if you're like a single dude see you don't really quite value your singleness and your freedom enough (laughs) and what you got to do i think is kind of consider this very pessimistic view of life which is you will lose what you treasure so i think if you treasure if you learn if you're like a single guy i feel like if you learn how to really love your freedom and the way in which your life is on easy mode because you got nothing to worry about and you can just you can just pursue, you know, all the interests and stuff that matter to you. You can go to sleep every night not worrying about, you know, someone near and dear to you. If you can learn to see why that's something super valuable, you will lose it, right? Like, those things don't last. And that you're going to lose it because you're going to meet someone 
who in your recognizing like your happiness at just being yourself and being alone that's going to naturally project a certain kind of attraction i think i look i don't know if that's totally true but that's my experience is if you value your aloneness some woman is going to want to come and take it away from you so that's <laughs> if you want to meet someone just treasure being alone because someone will come and find you that's my that's my cosmic view of it all anyway <laughs> yeah. i mean i think for women like honestly, i don't think they like, want to take it away they want to enter your world no that, but you see what i'm saying right yeah yeah and for, you gotta, for women you gotta i think see... the current they're like for women of a certain type in a certain demographic what you have now yeah. is remarkably good Honestly, like it's the same as a single guy, yes. really. Like you have all That's your money, true. your time is entirely your own. Uh, at this point, you know, we're so saturated with parenting uh, knowledge. And I think this is what turns people off of parenting, parents talking about that. Like nothing is more of a turnoff. Mm -hmm. uh, well I view oh, it more oh, as yeah. like social that's, engineering. That, okay, that's another thing is that a lot of guys uh, are worried that as – and this happens – you know how you say like the marriages happen in clusters? Mm -hmm. mm. A lot of it – and this happens to me too. Is like you get worried that if you don't get married, you're going to be like the one guy without – you know, that's not part of the whole thing. Right, right? and you like, have no one to hang out with. Yeah, it's like musical chairs. You're done, man. Yeah. You're alone. Okay. What yeah. I've noticed being – re newly single well, not it's not newly single but single again um is that uh actually the opposite's true if you're the one guy that's like that 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 doesn't that doesn't have someone and you don't have kids or whatever you're gonna get overwhelmed by your married friends at some point calling Wanna you to be out. like yeah they need to, they're gonna unload on you right because you're like <laughs> all my friends are unavailable the one guy that's like a reliable hangout is whatever. And that yeah. also that becomes a pain in the ass in its own right. Mm -hmm. Right. So the problem isn't gonna be that you're not, you know, you're not gonna hear from your friends ever. The problem is that they start calling you at eleven thirty PM and you know, whatever, from Florida or you know, wherever the fuck they move to, and they start unloading their like personal shit on you and right, i think i think we started pod number two right now yeah exactly so, okay like so, you're definitely not going to have a problem <laughs> keeping in touch with their friends they're going to come find you i'm telling you if you value your freedom all the don't get married men, guys women they're going to come and spoil it for you okay so just just if you don't worry about it you just, you, they're going to come find you <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, who wants to do the outro? Uh, I I kind of think Jess would be good for it. No. Yeah, Jess, you want to do the outro this time? Uh, the outro is just where we say bye from Plan A. Yeah. Another great uh, pod from us three here at Plan A. Don't take anything we say seriously. Uh, we don't know what we're doing. Uh, please. <laughs> this is a terrible outro. Um, so please hit subscribe like on iTunes and uh, SoundCloud. We're pretty much available anywhere uh, pods are hosted. Uh, please give us a review if you'd like and hit us up. We will put links to the studies, articles uh, that we reference in the pod in the article associated with this, this pod. And also we'll include our Twitter handle as well.